0: This is Mouth Media Network, the business of
1: being heard. Hi, I'm Lauren Picasso. I'm the founder of Cure Hydration. What I love about retail is that it's really tangible. So whether you work in fashion or CPG, I find it really fun to see a product come to life.
0: From New York City, You're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the
2: intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Uh, we are just so pleased as pie. Pleased as pie. That's my, that's my phrase for the day, Rebecca. Pleased as pie. Oh, oh Pie boy. is good. So I, I assume everyone thinks pie is good. So uh, anyway, glad you're here. And glad you're here, Rebecca. Nice to see you. How are you?
0: Nice to see you as well. Great to be here.
2: Did you uh did you go crazy on Black Friday or did you uh did, did was that just a non event for you and you're just kind of spreading it out?
0: I do you know, I definitely did some cyber shopping. Mm-hmm. I did not necessarily get out to stores, which is unusual for, for me, but um again on this show I constantly confess that I'm a gold medal shopper and that, that
2: continues. <laughs> very good awesome uh well uh also joining us of course, you hear her laugh in the background very happily her name is Lauren Picasso. so glad you're here with us lauren thanks for making thanks time. for having me i I'd love to lead off with this uh you you're a pretty interesting functional hydration brand that's formulated with organic plant based ingredients uh you recently announced a nice Seed funding round and an expansion to quite a few retail stores nationwide, including some big names like CVS, Walmart, Whole Foods, Urban Outfitters, you know, all the little, all the little guys. And uh, the question that I have is um, what led to that scaling? Where are you in, in your mission at this point, as you look at where you started and where you hope to head? kind of where are you on that path at this point and how is this seed round going to, going to uh, bring you to the next level?
1: Yeah. So Cure Hydration is still very early, less than two years old. We launched last March originally just online. So we launched on our Shopify website, Amazon and Thrive Market. And then this year we expanded into retail in a really big way and, um, the pandemic actually really accelerated that. Um, a lot of retailers were selling out of electrolyte and immunity products. Um, and so it was good timing for our brand and allowed us to get into a lot of uh, major retailers really quickly. Um, we are using the, the funding uh, for a number of different purposes, but primarily to build out the team um, and build awareness in the market.
0: It's so interesting to me, because yeah. um, I used to be a runner, for one, I'd like to still say I'm a runner, but um, I did one marathon, and I always would love to do another one. But one of the things about when you do your first one is that you're, you're overtrained, you're tired, you're sore, and you're dehydrated mm-hmm. the entire time. So if you train for 16 weeks, you're, you know, so this is, is very interesting to me. But one of the things that I would notice when I went into the local deli or the Walgreens or whatever it was, is how many choices there were, um, you know, in in beverages. So you just talked a little bit about awareness, Um, you know, how, uh, what are some of the things that if you can share in your plans on boosting awareness in such a crowded marketplace?
1: Yes, I mean, I think the the beverage market is certainly very crowded. um, But the sports drink market is, um, you know, pretty outdated, to be honest, Um, the the majority Mm -hmm. of the market is still owned by major players like Gatorade and Powerade. um, And those sports drinks have a ton of added sugar. So the average sports drink has over 36 grams of added sugar. Um, And so they're really not viable options for a lot of consumers who are looking for an effective option, but also something that's healthy um, and not full of refined sugar. And so I think a lot of... um, the awareness uh, marketing that we're going to be doing is going to be focused on education. Uh, so teaching customers about the importance of hydration, obviously, but also how to hydrate. So uh, our formula follows a formula that was originally developed by the world health organization. That's proven to hydrate as effectively as an IV drip. And then we also use premium and organic ingredients. Um, so you can hydrate effectively without having to sacrifice um, your, your nutritional principles. So, um, you know, not having to, uh, you know, drink something that's full of artificial colors and added sugar and all of that. Um, but still, you know, have something to replace the electrolytes you're losing, whether you're training for a marathon or, uh, you're pregnant, whatever that might be. Um, so yeah, our focus is really around education, uh, because while, you know, there are a lot of options, we, we think there are very few options that are both effective and healthy.
0: I, I would have to agree real <laughs> sports did a, um, piece on, um, I, I don't know if it was just Olympians, but it was on people who are athletes for a living and, um, that they were having horrible dental issues oh my gosh. because uh, of the sugars in beverages. And just of all the, um, injuries that you would think, uh, an athlete would sustain, um, that was not one of them for sure. Um, so it was a real, it was a very cool expose. I mean, you know, not, not a happy one necessarily. Um, but it certainly was a reminder kind of for the average Joe or the, you know, weekend athlete that, wow, you know, if I'm just drinking, you know, whatever beverage at my desk, um, and it seems like it's good for me cause I'm hydrating it it isn't necessarily. So, um, yeah, fat fascinating product and, and certainly room
2: for improvement. I'm sort of curious about the timing here. Maybe you could unpack that a little bit more. Um, You know, you talk about sports and, you you know, people out and about with their jobs and and all that sort of people sitting in their homes. This is just in my (laughs) head. This isn't any scientific research, but people just sitting in their homes by themselves, not out in the world as is still prevalent enough right now, given the pandemic, it's not everybody, but um, uh, probably aren't as much in the market for sports drinks or hydration drinks as as, as they had been in the past. Um, it seems to me, at least that's how I feel about <laughs> it. I'm not buying any right now. So I don't mean there's a challenge to you. My, my question is, um, with fewer people going to the gym, um, with fewer people even in their offices and traveling around. Why is this the moment that seems right for you for that expansion and why so many retailers have said, yes, we need more of this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, now more than ever, people care a lot about their health and wellness. Um, I think uh, right now in the pandemic, when people are home, routine, it becomes very important. Um, so sticking to a routine every morning, um, you know, making sure you're, you're eating healthy and still getting outside, which is a lot harder right now. I mean, I have to remind myself to, to get outside a few times a day and walk around the block. Um, but I think, um, there's a lot more awareness right now around wellness. And so it's a good time to, to teach people about hydration and the importance of, um, healthy hydration.
2: Gotcha. Now, in terms of, uh, being still early in your first couple of years, still being a, a seed round, which is really awesome. But geez, 4,200 retailers is what I read in your, uh, in your, your press release. Um, how does a business go about so early in their journey, grabbing more than 4,000 retailers? How can that even happen? What, what jump did you guys make? Who did you know? that allows something like that to happen you know what i mean how does one get a meeting tell us about that path less about like here was my journey but what learnings did you gather that said oh this is how you can do this
1: yeah um you know it It wasn't really about who we knew. You know, each retailer was totally different. Uh, We were fortunate that a lot of retailers are interested in this category right now, not just hydration, uh, but powdered hydration. We're seeing a lot of interest in this format as people and consumers are becoming more environmentally conscious. Um, And then obviously a lot of interest around healthy hydration. A lot of the retail launches were actually inbound. So, uh, Whole Foods, exa- for example, um, there was a-, a store employee out in San Francisco that discovered our product on Instagram and surfaced it up to a buyer and said, We have to have this product. Um, so, that's just one example. But, um, you know, a lot of other retailers are, um, oh, CBS is another great example. Uh, they have An innovation program. So uh, CVS is really trying to find a way to work with smaller brands like Cure that historically uh, would not have been able to launch at a major retailer at our stage, Um, but they will bring in a variety of different emerging brands in the health and wellness space and then test them out in stores to see if they do well. Uh, So with CVS specifically, we actually did a pilot with them through their healthcare innovation team last summer in eight stores uh, that performed really well, Uh, but it was also a great learning experience for us. So we got to go into a, a mass retailer in a very small way. Their team was very flexible. So we were able to test a variety of different formats and flavors. And then it allowed us to learn, okay, like, okay, this flavor doesn't do well, it's a little bit too niche. Uh, This format is uh, not the right price point. Um, And even thinking around placement in the store, you know, for us being a powdered drink, uh, you know, there's a big question of where where we should actually sit in store. Are we sitting in the supplement section? Are we sitting at checkout? Um, And so being able to work with a a big retailer like that, um, but to test and learn with them, uh, was really beneficial for us, um, not only to, you know, eventually get into CVS, but also take those learnings and apply them to other large retailers like Walmart.
0: And where did you land in the store? What what did you find out about where you should be merchandised? And I forgot it was a powder, by the way, although I think, <laughs> again, I'm in New York. When you go up to the counter, there are also kind of a plethora of things up there. Sometimes they don't make any sense and nobody's really merchandised them, but sometimes they really do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so honestly, the answer is like, try trying to get as many placements in the store as possible. And I know that's not not one specific answer, but the benefit of the product is that it's very flexible. It doesn't, you don't need to refrigerate it. So um, the product can really sit anywhere in the store, which is both a challenge and an opportunity. Uh, but the reality is, um, you know, customers don't know exactly where to find this product. You think of products like Pedialyte, that's in the baby section gatorade is in the refrigerator section um and then you have supplements and so these types of products are kind of spread out all over the store and so that the way to be the most successful is to try to get as many placements as possible um at least in the early days until um, this category is bigger and there's a really obvious place for us
2: to sit how much how much of that issue is is actually a consumer education issue Um, what can you, how are you thinking about not just educating people on your brand, but how they think about the product and therefore that would affect where they search for it, which makes it more easily findable, especially in, you know, place, you know, retail spots that aren't going to offer you those multiple location those multiple places? Yeah.
1: So our goal is really to sit in the grocery section. And the reason for that is, uh, you know, first and foremost, we're food. We're not a supplement. So we have a nutrition facts panel. We use real food ingredients. We don't use any of the synthetic minerals that you find in traditional supplements. Um, and we really want you to drink this product every day. So this is not a product that you have occasionally. Um, it's, you know, it's not a vitamin product. Um, it's, it's a drink. And, um, you know, whether you're really active or you're just sitting at your desk all day, hydration is important nonetheless. And we really want to encourage customers to build uh, build a routine around hydration. And so uh the grocery category is important for us because that's where we are seeing the highest frequency. Uh, the challenge is a lot of stores, you know, this category in the grocery aisle is outdated. So you're seeing brands like Crystal Light and Country Time Lemonade and Kool-Aid. Um but uh more and more this category is expanding. So um Walmart is a great example. We sit in the grocery aisle. Um if we had historically just sat next to, you know, those types of um drink makes brands, you know, the price point when it had made a lot of sense. Um, but now you're seeing this premium hydration category really expand. So, um, we're sitting next to a number of other functional brands, uh, not just in hydration, but in energy and sleep, um, all within this, this grocery section. And that's really, um, that's really exciting because a customer who's going to buy drink mix comes in and they see that there's all these other options now that are a lot healthier um, that serve a purpose, not just you know uh, not just to drink for fun, but actually are really helping you in some way. And so that's our ultimate goal. We really see this as like a grocery product uh, that someone would consume every day.
2: Sorry, maybe I missed this. Are you all wholesale? So there's no D2C for you? Oh,
1: no. We are um, omni channel. So we uh, originally just launched on our Shopify website. Um, we have a large D2C business, and actually, over half of our sales on our website are subscribers. So we really see brick and mortar as a way for consumers to discover our brand. Um, and then inevitably, um, we want our most loyal customers to find us on our website and subscribe to the product.
2: That, that's interesting. So how, how do you balance that? You know, I, I know some, some brands sometimes find a difficulty balancing being an effective and loyal wholesaler while at the same time, you uh, you know, putting all of the energy and infrastructure and attention into being an effective D to C brand and straddling those two worlds, partly, you know, partly the messaging you put out there, you know, it's, it's a different messaging as a wholesaler a little bit than sometimes it is, is, you know, going right to the consumer. How, how have you thought about that? How do you, how do you successfully straddle that in your opinion?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I really think of the channels as, as totally separate and I would never want to cannibalize my retail sales with my D2C sales. Um, so I try to differentiate the product assortment, whether that's, you know, having different formats in store um, or different flavors, even uh, D2C is, you know, the way the a place for customers to... Um, get first access to all of our new flavors and formats. um, But retail is a place for them to discover the product. So a great example would be at Whole Foods, we sell the product in a box where a customer can buy one stick pack at a time for $1.49. So it's a a really easy place for the customer to try the product and discover us. Um, versus online, you know, we are really at the end of the day trying to drive subscribers. That's what makes the most sense for us for our D2C business. Um, And so those, those types of customers are very different. If you're going to buy the product from us one time or infrequently, we'd almost rather you buy the product at Whole Foods or any of our other retail stores. So
0: interesting. I'm coming a little full circle on this, but, um, one, I haven't heard the words crystal light in a long time. So that struck me. I was like, wow, that's so we just went back to the 80s, I think, maybe the 90s. I don't know. But um, I guess my other question is, you gave two great examples. So, you know, it's an omni channel business um, on the wholesale side, though, where you're really getting into retail, um, physical retail. Um you gave two great, really organic examples um, in, in the same way you introduced what you're doing with the the new round. You said you'd certainly be growing um, the company from a human resource. So will you be bringing someone on who is kind of a wholesale specialist or do you already have that? Because you have had this, this really great success. Um, you know, I'm, I'm blown away by the number of stores you're in um, just to kind of keep that, Uh, channel going?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we um, have started to build out the team. So we now have four full-time employees and um, have built out the team across sales, marketing and operations. So we have a director of sales who's now actively going out and and selling into retailers. Um, And we've seen tremendous progress. So really until then, everything, as I mentioned, was pretty much inbound, Um, not a lot of active outreach since it was just me uh, for a long time. And so our director of sales has been um, you know, really uh, ambitious about getting into as many retailers as possible for next year.
0: Amazing. And also in that, um, the expansion, and it's nice, by the way, that at first you kind of got to experiment, because when you read the number, you're like, wow, that sounds like the big bang of kind of going into retail. Um, how did that affect your supply chain? Or was it really incremental enough that you weren't like, oh, my God, let me get on the phone with the factory because we've got to pump this out. And, you know, I'm thinking of got Willy Wonka in my head, you know, <laughs> producing things like crazy, but <laughs> you, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we work with a, a large manufacturer. So we knew from the beginning that they would be ready to scale with us. Um and we were fortunate in that they let us do a pilot run for our initial run. So they really let us grow um slowly and and you know, as and when we were ready to go into retail, they were they were ready to do that. The challenge was really like Lead times right now with the pandemic. So, uh, you know, typically our lead times are six to eight weeks with the pandemic, they've gone up to 16 weeks. Um, And so, growth and and balancing inventory has certainly been challenging. And you obviously, you know, want to be prepared and um, have as much, you know, take advantage and be opportunistic with. inbounds that are coming through and 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 new retailers uh but at the same time you know you want to be able you know be conscious of the inventory you have on hand Uh, so that's probably been our biggest challenge this year so from six to eight to
0: sixteen yeah um talk to us about that by the way i'm l- laughing a little bit because um mark and i always get on these um and we're, we're like let's try not to talk about covid and it's just everywhere <laughs> so that you can't do we're that like, that's just, not, we just it it is. hashtag fail so let's let so is it is it a covid thing
1: that has changed the 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 timeline yeah and so it's really just comes down to some of our ingredients so our um you know we as the lead time started um getting longer and longer, we, we really took a, a deep dive to see what was driving that. And at the end of the day, it really came down to one ingredient. So uh, our product is made with organic coconut water. It's a dehydrated coconut water um, that maintains all of the nutrients you typically find in coconut water, but obviously um, much cheaper to ship and um, much more environmentally friendly. Uh, the ingredient is from India. And India had one of the strictest lockdowns um, of any country. And and. Also, you know, historically, we had been able to ship the product via air freight, but there's now post pandemic just really limited cargo space um, and so everything's coming by boat, so that, that you know all of a sudden you can understand like why the lead times in this ingredient would be increasing so much um, and so what we've done is really started hedging and buying a lot of coconut water in advance, so instead of placing purchase orders for finished product um when we are we're not sure you know which flavors a retailer is going to buy, which formats um, we just buy a lot of coconut water in advance. The shelf life is three years and we know we're going to use it. It's, it's in all of our products. Um, And so that's really helped us cut our lead time down back, back down to closer to the eight weeks we were seeing before.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just incredible. And we've talked to a lot of people on the program in different categories, but this one is so interesting to me because it's got a shelf life. Um, It's not a seasonality thing. So, um, but, you know, when in the world did you think you'd have to take a deep dive into that? I mean, (laughs) it's fantastic.
2: All right. Coming up, you're going to hear Lauren share a little bit more about the the customer for Cure Hydration, and uh, we want to find out more about the product itself, plus uh, what kind of innovation or technology have you, as Lauren and her team, been deploying to create a relationship, an effective relationship with both their customers and their retailers right after this? I'd like you to join me in supporting an extraordinary mission to make arts education real for underserved kids nationwide and help keep the creative connection alive. Look, arts are not a luxury. From the time that kids develop motor skills, they rely on the arts to learn how to communicate. Arts are a great collaborative experience, and they teach us how to critically think and empathize and understand the human condition. So Mouth Media is proud to partner with AHA Broadway and support their efforts to help bring these vital services back to schools. With every dollar AHA Broadway raises, they will directly serve the kids of New York and beyond. Please visit ahabroadway.org slash 1000kids. Again, that's a-h. H-A-Broadway.org slash 1000Kids, and please contribute anything you can to their crowdfunding effort.
0: So, Lauren, I definitely think I'm probably your customer. I've, I'm loving discovering this. Um, but talk to me a little bit about um you know, who who you think your customer is or, or who uh, the data or that what the data is telling you who your customer is. And sometimes I know that they are they run different channels on thought process of what the company thought their customer was versus who it really is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, we ha- definitely had a, a few hypotheses going into launch about who our customer was. I personally um, came up with the idea for Cure when I was training for a triathlon and I would really struggle to recover from my long workouts and often would feel so dehydrated and depleted that I I almost felt like I had the flu. And so my first hypothesis was, of course, like, okay, we're going after a very active customer. Um, I also saw how brands like Pedialyte were becoming really popular with adults for hangover cure. And so my other hypothesis was that this is going to be a replacement to Pedialyte. And what was really interesting is, um, you know, we certainly saw that that amateur athlete customer. So it's a big bulk of our customers, customers who are uh, working out several times a week, uh, not necessarily training for a marathon or a triathlon, but they're getting on their peloton, they're going on a few runs, um, and using the product before and after a workout. The other big bucket of customers that we had never really considered, uh, was a group of customers that has, um, that's using the product really for some type of medical condition. And that can be anything from somebody who is pregnant or breastfeeding, somebody who has a chronic illness like Crohn's disease or diabetes, um, Really, just a long tail of of conditions that I had, you know, oftentimes never even heard of, um, that lead to some type of electrolyte imbalance, and those are actually our most loyal loyal customers, even better than the amateur athletes. Um, So that's a a group that I I never really thought about. as being such big consumers of these types of products. Um, the last bucket of customers is, um, you know, really just sort of more of a general wellness group. So people who like you are um, maybe obsessed with hydration, they are, you know, trying to drink more water. And quite honestly, they find water to be boring. And once they try our product, um, you know, often they'll, they'll try it. For, they'll discover the product, you know, around a certain use case. They'll drink it before and after a workout. But they love the taste of the product. It makes them drink more water. And so they end up drinking it every day, um, really just as a way to make water more fun.
0: I, I relate to all of it. It's funny. And I, I will not show you all the beverages in my house. But, you know, sometimes I was like, maybe it's, you know, I like bubbles in my water and that will make it happen more. And, you know, there are all kinds of downsides to that, too. So um, it's it's fascinating. I would I'm also laughing because, you know, the first two buckets certainly rang true. Um, if you're training for anything or it, it, and by the way, these two go together. I think a lot of people kind of have an addictive personality who like to work out also certainly like to have another kind of beverage outside of water (laughs) and those two things don't really go together and you might wake up with a little tinge of a headache or just feeling you know a little less than hydrated so it's an interesting um interesting consumer spectrum for sure
1: yeah it's funny with the the hangover audience you know it's not that the we don't see that audience ever come through they're just not frequent purchasers um you know I, you know, you're never gonna. I hope you're not subscribing to a hangover product, um, (laughs) or drinking the product six days a week. And so, you know, often this that type of customers, you know, waking up, they didn't plan on being hungover, and then they're they're running into a, a convenience store and trying to find something to make them feel better. So we've just found that you know the better customers are more health and wellness conscious. Right. And, and it's
0: part of their routine, exactly. which I think is, is hugely yeah.
2: important. Yeah. That's right. You know, that would be actually be a really, really interesting marketing campaign <laughs> to basically market yourself as not a hangover <laughs> cure. Here are some great hangover cures. You can do this, you can do this, you know, but if you want to feel great all the time, you know, it's cure hydration. See, there you go. Just from free from our house. Uh, so, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm now that we kind of have a little better sense of what the product is and kind of how it's aimed and who it's for, um, you know, part of, part of what you have to do as as you continue to grow yourself is like any business, you have to continue to foster and maintain an active relationship with your customer. And in your case as both wholesale and D 2 C you are, you have two different customers, really. You have two different audiences. Um, what have you done in terms of, less about marketing messaging, although happy to hear about that, but more from a kind of infrastructure and technology standpoint, even as early as you are in the business, already integrated so that you are in a position to foster those relationships. Um, and that can be more than, you know, having a communication team or, you know, uh, customer care, Um procedures or whatever. It can have a lot to do with data analysis or, um, even, um, things that you're doing to create content, uh, organically, uh, or, you know, inviting users to do, um, UGC or whatever. So, uh, tell, tell us, tell us how you've thought about that and what you've already put into place, um, even before your, your, your new funding. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so, The benefit of D2C is, of course, that you have a direct relationship with your customer. Um, And so we have what I call a customer feedback engine, uh, which is really just a mix of different data sources, both qualitative and quantitative, um, that we're putting together across channels to get a sense of, um, you know, not only how our customers feel about the product, but who they are and what other types of products they're looking for. Um, so we have a variety of other of, of metrics that we capture. Um, NPS um, is a very important one that we look at regularly. Uh, review score. So we look at our reviews um, across a multitude of different uh, websites. So D2C, Amazon, Thrive Market, for example, um, to come to, mm-hmm. to, to, stitch, to stitch that together, sorry, set together and um, have a collective review score across all of our different channels. Um, we um, are you know constantly um, interacting with our customers via um, email and chat. and we are actually documenting and tagging all of that information so we can understand um, why customers are canceling their subscriptions, um, why uh, you know what issues they're having with their orders, et cetera. Um, And so that allows us to, um, you know, collect data and have a better understanding of who our customers are and and how they're consuming their product. Um, We also send out regular surveys to our customers. And I think what's actually most helpful for me is, um, you know, not data driven actually at all, but is um, customer interviews. So we do regular customer interviews. Um, We aim to do about 25 customer interviews every month. Um, we actually email customers, get them on the phone, talk to them for 20 to 30 minutes. And it's a great way to really get a sense of who our customers are um, and talk to them about um other types of products that they're consuming. So we want to eventually be a part of our consumers um day, uh not just uh, you know, with our hydration products, but any other types of products that they're they're consuming that fall into this functional beverage category. So whether that's energy or sleep, um, we want to have a solution for really any sort of problems that they're facing. And so getting on the phone with them is just, uh, you know, yeah, obviously it's not like tech forward, but honest, I think I, I discover more from those types of calls than any survey or review or or anything else.
2: Having a conversation of any type with your consumer is essential. That's, you know, they say that, that, a sale is made when you, um, when the customer knows you, they trust you and they have a need that you're in a position to fill to them. Well, uh, you have a product that fits their need. Most of your customers already know you. It's just a question of whether they feel like they have a relationship with you,
1: exactly. you know,
2: and whether they trust you and, and having that conversation, you know, there's that interactive communication, but how do you but you can only talk to so many of those customers. How do you create a, um, not how does one, but how do you create a relationship with your, all of the customers that you can't personally talk to having a conversation? um, uh, For example, um, the company that produces this show, mouth media, I'm the CEO of mouth media network. Uh, one of the things we do is we uh, are able to, um, I do do uh, audio stories or audio messages from the brand that are available to the client or to the consumer um, f- through actually access on their physical product by scanning a, like a QR code that's, that's on the actual physical packaging that says, hey, we have a story for you. We want to talk to you. We want to say hello. We want to give you a tip, whatever it is. And, and it kind of feels to the, to the customer like the brand is touching them where they are. And that's maybe they're not maybe it's not a two way conversation, but at least there's something happening. So how are you thinking about that in terms of okay, I talked to a hundred of our customers. How do I reach the other many right. thousands?
1: Yeah, I mean absolutely we um we primarily talk to our customers via email text message and social media um and so We have automated flows that are set up at every different stage of the customer journey, depending on what actions they've taken. So um, if they've signed up for email, but they've never placed an order, they have um, a string of messages that they would get. And then once they do place an order... Uh, they get put into a different flow depending on what they ordered. Even um, so, if they've ordered a sample pack, they would get a different type of message. If they ordered, a, you know, um, had a had a much bigger order and 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 had tried every flavor, and so we really want to be as targeted and, and as personalized as possible, so that we can. Um, control what types of education and messaging each customer is getting according to the type of customer they are, um, and so we think that you know helps build those personal connections, even if we don't have an actual person on the other end uh, responding to or reaching out to that customer.
0: And are there? I'm, I think there probably is in every consumer brand's mind, but um, if you look at um, some of your your investors, some of them are athletes, mm-hmm. um, some of them well-known athletes. Um, you know, do you think you'll, you'll move into, uh, you probably already have done some PR, but, um, into, you know, actual advertising. And I, I, think, you know, it's an interesting question this day and age, whether you think you have to or not, or, you know, does that really work for the product itself?
1: And when you say actual advertising, do you mean like television or, you know, these bigger campaigns? It, 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 yeah. Exactly.
0: You know, sky, sky's the limit, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting with TV today because everybody's watching streaming stuff right. and, you know, commercials are going by the sideline. Um, but is that something you think is probably in your future?
1: Definitely in the future. I mean, t- now, you know, we're we're still just a small startup. So very focused on digital marketing and grassroots awareness. We have an influencer program. It's primarily actually made up of professional athletes, um, but also medical professionals. We feel that those two types of influencers speak to both of these two core audiences I mentioned earlier, this amateur athlete, but then also this health consumer. Um, And so we have a network of nutritionists and doctors, as well as a network of professional athletes um, that are consuming our product regularly and sharing it online. And we found that to be our, our most effective channel outside of traditional channels like paid search and paid social
0: authentic exactly which is cool <laughs> yeah yeah no and that's what, what what people really want they don't want you know um the guy from mr mom coming on selling tuna fish although um <laughs> that just popped into my mind because we talked about it on another show scooter tuna su- yes exactly the, the tuna with a heart. Um, I, i'm gonna come full circle again so we've talked a lot about just the hydration part of the product yeah you also said something that um kind of, you know, hit me squarely about um, immunity boosting. And one of the things certainly that's going on in COVID is that, yes, you know, wear a mask. Um, I still wear gloves when I go to the grocery store, habits, you know, break hard. But, um, you know, um, there's a lot of talk about just building your immunity in general. So taking certain vitamins and things like that. And I think that's certainly part of this product, um and kind of where does that sit and and what is the the draw there as well
1: hydration is the foundation of all health um i think that um staying hydrated especially with healthy products um not you know uh trading off that benefit for added sugar or ever whatever you might find in a lot of other sports drinks um is really important it's going to set you up uh, you know Set you up to have a much stronger immune system. Um, I can't say that you know staying hydrated is going to prevent you from getting COVID. Obviously, um, but if you know I, we have, I've had a number of um, friends and family who have gotten COVID and uh, use the product to try to stay hydrated. So if you have, if you're getting a you have a, you have a fever or you don't feel well, you know hydration is always the first place you should turn. Um, so just uh, if you talk to doctors about really any health condition if you get a surgery or whatever it is um it's it's so simple it's like recovery is really just about staying hydrated eating well and sleeping um and if you do those three things um you know you're you're going to be in a much better place
2: you know something occurred to me uh, you're you're still so relatively young in your company uh, you know, two years from now, you're you're going to you're not going to feel the same way about everything you had going on in 2020 with your messaging or with the way you're running things. You go, OK, we learned some more now. We've had some more experience. So we're going to adjust things this way. That's just natural as the company grows. Is hydration really still something we have to educate people about? Do, do people still at this point just generally not know that they need to hydrate and and. Somehow, a company such as yours, and I mean this with all yeah. due respect. So, a company like yours sort of comes in like a knight in shining <laughs> armor and says, Hey, I don't know if you've heard, but you need to hydrate, and we're an answer to doing that. Um, it, it is so uh, you know, and and water apparently by itself is not enough to do that because we need to motivate people to drink water, right? <laughs> um, and so, so, so that's my question, like, like. How how do you avoid in order to maintain market share and grow one sounding like a broken record and two and and two, which someday kids are not gonna understand that phrase by the way, they're going I don't even know what that means, but uh and then the second thing is is how do you how do you avoid just not being a right. while while trying to encourage people to live a better life?
1: Yeah, so we're less focused on telling you that you need to hydrate because people people know this. Everyone knows the you know the saying eight glasses of water a day, um, but people still don't do it. You know the sad I heard is that seventy five percent of Americans are chronically dehydrated. Um, that means the word chronic means you are one to two percent dehydrated, which is enough to cause chronic. Illness—it's enough to, you know, feel terrible throughout the day and struggle with headaches and cramping and a number of other issues. Um, but what we are really focused on is um, is telling people how to hydrate and, and why water alone is not enough. Uh, for two reasons. I mean, I think the first reason is that water alone isn't enough. Um, so if you are um, if you are active, if you have a chronic health issue, if you're drinking alcohol there's a number of other use, use cases, um, you are going to ha- have some kind of electrolyte ab- imbalance. And when you drink water, it's not enough to replace those electrolytes that you're losing. So a lot of the education we're focused on is around, um, is around our formula. So our formula is based on a formula that was originally developed by the World Health Organization. It's called Oral Rehydration Solution. It's a perfect balance of electrolytes that's actually proven to hydrate as effectively as an IV drip. And the reason I focus a lot on this this piece is because I had no idea what this formula was before I started Cure. Um, I had no idea that uh, sodium was such a critical part of hydration. And when I learned about this formula, it was this big aha moment for me. This formula has been used in developing countries for over 50 years, uh, primarily in countries that are um, suffering from severe dehydration and, and diseases like cholera, for example. Um, but I I was really shocked that you know not only had I never heard of this formula, but that no one in the US was really consuming it. The only product really on the market at the time uh, was Pedialyte. And uh, that was considered this medical grade product. And really, you know, used for children only. Um, and I thought, you know, why I started seeing, you know, a lot of uh, athletes and um, and adults were starting to use these types of products to hydrate. And I, I wanted to learn more about the science behind that. Um, so I a lot of our focus has been, you know, around this formula and and why this uh, combination of electrolytes is so powerful. Um, and that, that's sort of the first part of it. The second part of it is like, by the way, it tastes delicious. And so the the product tastes good and, and does actually help you drink more water. And so it's both more effective, but also easier to drink. So it helps you you know accomplish that goal of um, drinking eight glasses of water a day.
2: Beautiful. All right. Ah, uh, this seems like a beautiful moment for us. I don't know why I said beautiful. <laughs> it's a fant. It's it's an incredible genius moment for us to move on to uh, talking about Lauren as a human with some personal questions, and we're going to do that in just a moment right after this.
0: Every business has at least one big pivotal moment—the moment when you say, "Okay." We're at this turning point, so then what? I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of LN Accounting Advisor. I hope you'll join me each week on my podcast, Then What? As we talk with successful business leaders who push past their business's biggest, then what moments and succeed in an even bigger way because of effective leadership and solid business practices. It's inspiring and deeply useful information for any entrepreneur. Subscribe to Then What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcasts.
2: All right, Lauren, it's time to get to know you as a human being. feel like we've gotten a glimpse but there's so much more (laughs) so we'd love to ask you some personal questions and uh Rebecca I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the the option here are you gonna lead or follow I'll lead all right
0: uh so you had mentioned that you were training for a triathlon something I've always wanted to do but I'm not sure it's it's in my future or not were you always an athlete or did this did this come about in your life some other way and i think you know sometimes these events or wanting to reach these goals comes kind of in a couple of different buckets so i'd love to hear about that
1: yeah i've i've been an athlete my entire life um primarily um endurance sports so i grew up uh, running cross country and i did track um i was a competitive s- swimmer most of my life um and i also just love being outside. So I'm a big skier. I hike a lot. Um, And so sports have always been a really important part of my life. I, um, you know, aside from just really enjoying it, I feel like uh, endurance sports especially have really given me, you know, confidence and discipline that extends into other areas of my life. So I, being very goal-oriented, had always wanted to do a triathlon. Um, I, you know, had been a runner and a swimmer and a biker my whole life. So it just made sense to stitch them all together. Um, but it really wasn't until then. And I think, you know, part of it was because I, I trained for this race when I was a bit older. I had never really struggled with dehydration before. I think when I was in high school and even in college, I could chug a bottle of Gatorade and feel fine. Um, but, you know, as I got older and uh, was more focused on, um, health and what I was consuming, uh, you know, I wanted to avoid products, uh, that had a ton of sugar. And quite frankly, when I started drinking drinks like that, um, in my late twenties and thirties, I felt sick. Um, I just didn't feel good. And so I needed something that, you know, would work. Um, but didn't make me feel terrible.
0: <laughs> and, and are you still a triathlete? It's, yeah, so I always
1: do um, a couple of races a year. I have not done a race this year, obviously, for, you know, because of the
0: pandemic. We're not putting you all together yeah, to go running and, in Central know, Park. Yes, I get I it. I can't
1: get behind the virtual races. I wish I could. Um, I, I'm still, you know, Duke, I'm still very <laughs> active and, and run and bike quite a bit. Um, but I, I really uh, thrive off the adrenaline that you get from being around a lot of other people. Um, so I am I'm excited for it. Uh, you know signing up for a race when the pandemic is over
2: being hydrated makes you healthy keeps you healthy and makes you feel good and two of our recent guests on this show have also been about um keeping you healthy and making you feel good and they have been casper's ice cream and uh sheets and giggles (laughs) uh, which is uh which is uh um sustainable bed uh, bed sheet uh, bedding company um and uh they were both wonderful stories but uh so with that in mind i have a a two pronged question one is what is your favorite ice cream or flavor of ice cream or or if you don't eat ice cream your favorite iced treat and then uh the second is. Uh, in the uh, in the theme of the giggles part of Sheets and Giggles, uh, what is your, uh, who is your favorite comedian and why?
1: Great questions. Um, so ice cream, I love ice cream so much. So the, the sort of ironic thing of all of this is that I have a huge sweet tooth, but I always like to tell people that if I'm gonna eat a bunch of sugar, it's gonna be ice cream and not a hydration drink. Uh, so I'm, you know, healthy 90% of the time. And then my guilty pleasure is absolutely ice cream. Um, my favorite brand of ice cream is Van Leeuwen. Um, I don't know if you've had it. It's a New York based brand and they've expanded recently into wholesale. Um, I love cookies and cream. I really like all ice cream, but I have to say cookies and cream gets me every time.
2: Well, if you're going to eat some ice, if you're going to like never eat ice cream, but then when you do, you, you might as well make it decadent, yes. like like cookies yes. and cream, right? No, none of this, like, and I don't crab. believe in frozen okay. yogurt so, uh, or
1: anything that's like hell, like anything that's. <laughs> redu- I like it. when I'm eating ice cream, it's like got to be the richest, most decadent ice cream possible.
2: <laughs> wow, that's very nicely done. And a favorite comedian, in my wine.
1: favorite comedian is Kumal Nanjiani. Um, so yeah, he, uh, is, uh, I think he originally got his start on Silicon Valley, which is a show that I loved. Um, and actually Uh when I was at jet.com for a number of years, we hired Kumal to do our launch video. And so I flew out to LA and Uh filmed this video with him and I will never forget that experience. He's just the
2: funniest guy. Uh, Do you still have connectivity with him?
1: (laughs) I um, wish if no, I could only no, no, no. be friends with him. <laughs> I
2: know. Well, uh, why not? Hey, you know, uh, well, thank you very much for that. Any uh, final thought you'd like to leave on uh, for our listeners as we kind of sign off uh, the one lasting piece of wisdom or reflection on our conversation?
1: Um, piece of wisdom. I mean, I think, uh, you know, so many people have ideas and, you know, it, I just encourage you to, you know, give them a go. So if you have a, you know, a crazy idea that you want to start, you really have nothing to lose. Um, so, so much of it is really just about getting started.
2: Yeah. You know, that's not just starting a company that can be having a marketing campaign yeah. idea within your company or a piece of innovation that you know is going to help and you just never really get around to investigating how that can get done. That, that's the key to going to the next step always. For Absolutely. Sure. Um, how... how How can someone connect with you or the brand uh, if if they want to reach
1: out? Yeah, the best place to find me is LinkedIn. And, um, you know, as far as the brand, you can find us at curehydration.com. And you can also follow along on our Instagram, which is also curehydration.
2: So that's Lauren Picasso on LinkedIn. And Lauren, uh, uh, forgive me because I know we're not the first people to ever ask this, but I'm curious. Have you investigated whether you have an actual lineage connection? To the No,
1: unfortunately, there is no relation. I've searched far and wide for any connection, and it doesn't. There doesn't appear to be one.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, you know, um, if there was one, it probably wouldn't be straightforward, <laughs> right? It'd be kind of. So anyway, I'm sorry. I I I I didn't lead with that question.
1: Everyone asked, so, so you're not uh, alone.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, that may not make it in the final show. So, uh, that was just for me. <gasps> All right. Well, that is it for this episode of Retail is Your Business. Lauren Picasso, thank you so much for joining us. It was really great to hear about Cure Hydration and uh, and everything that you guys are accomplishing and where it fits into the overall hydration market. And uh, and I, I think the, for me, probably the the most interesting part of this conversation was seeing how you straddle the line like, uh, you know, many people do between D to C and, and wholesale and how you kind of think with both sides of your brain a little bit. So continue. Good luck. I think you're on an exciting path. Thanks
1: so much for having me. It was nice to talk to you, Mark and Rebecca.
2: Sure thing.
0: No, oh, I so enjoyed uh, learning about it. And, um... I was gonna say functional beverages, which is uh, new to my vernacular, but I I'll probably that. be throwing love it that. around
2: uh, a lot after this.
1: Yes, yeah, me, I mean, you guys should both send me your address after after this and I'll send you guys some samples to try.
2: Thank you. That's very nice of you. <laughs> Sounds Laura. good. That's it for this episode of Retail is Your Business, everybody. And you know, Rebecca and I so appreciate you listening to the show. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time for another wonderful guest. Until then, for Rebecca Fitz.
0: Thanks, Mark. Bye.
2: I'm Mark Reiko. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: This has been Retail Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2020. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, audio
2: for business.